Welcome to episode 302 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 302 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're good man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you see our new go, audition? Go. Yes. Did you did. see the cat? I haven't seen the cat. It was up on the, the, when we were interviewing before, it was up on the on the um, washing. I was focused uh, on the interview. We've got a new cat team. So we've got a new member to the studios, really, because she's going to come and go. Mm. Her name's, um, what's her name? Um, Tabster. Tabster. Yeah, Tabstar. Okay. Do you like cats? No. There'll <laughs> <laughs> be a swift foot going under the table. She loves cables too, so it could be a bit of a mess here at some stage. Right. Anyway, I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. For the tastiest, most delicious coffee. Athlinks.com. Check out all your results forever. And extreme endurance. Makes you fast ask how tell. That's right. Yeah, legend. Apparently. It is. Apparently. We'll get to that. This week's show, guys, we've got to, what have we got coming up? Let me put up my notes. We've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. Well, actually. Actually. <laughs> we're changing our age group of the it's week. It's a correction. Last week. It's a correction. We've got a website of the week, and then we're going to interview. With Raymaker from DCRainmaker.com. That's a cool name, too, Raymaker. You know what was cool? We were doing the interview. This is, oh, yeah, there's this website, and it happens to be our website of the week. By coincidence, eh? Exactly. Andrew, Andrew Kerr. Rocking and rolling. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. We've got news coming up. And news is proudly brought to you by SLS Try. Check out the discount code for 25% off. I am talk. Well, John was saying just about two minutes ago, we've got no news this week. <laughs> there is nothing out there. Really? So, no, no. It's mm. been a very quiet week on the news front. So, about the only thing that has been out there is uh, Pete Jacobs has uh, had to pull out of... So, why Iron is that? Man I didn't really read into that. Injured. I think it was a back injury. Oh, that's um, a pity. So he's out, but the field at Ironman Melbourne, we'll probably talk about it in more detail next week, but it's a stellar field. Oh, they have awesome four of the field. top five girls from Kona last year, so the girls' race should be spectacular. They've all got their respective strengths and weaknesses, and, uh, and what I think, well, maybe talk a bit more about that next week. Come but, on, let but, it out. But Marinda Carfrey could find herself a bit isolated because you've got Leander Kay, Rachel Joyce, and Caroline Steffen, who are all great swim bikers, yep. and... Rachel Joyce recently had a great run, so if they can, uh, you know, potentially get together and get away from her in the swim, um, could be, you know, they're going to they're going to need a big buffer on her. They're going to need ten minutes on her. So. I was talking to Bono about it. We were just catching up on Skype the other day, and he was saying how it's potentially the wind. So in the marathon, he's saying that it's the old Mar Melbourne Marathon course, mm -hmm. and it was the kind of course that. The one year you had a backwind, everyone remembered it. They go, oh, back yeah. in 96, you know, that was the year we got the backwind. And traditionally, it's just a headwind for the run the whole way. So it's going to be a war of attrition, maybe. Mm. So oh, we'll see what happens. So but we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah, and on the guys, so we've got Greg Bennett, who could be mixing up. But no Pete Jacobs, we've got Craig Alexander and a bunch of other stellar dudes. So I'm in Melbourne. Other than that, really. Oh, Bevan, what's that big thing in your pocket? <laughs> is, it a, is it a spare 25 grand? <laughs> what do you mean? We got oh, the, yeah, yeah, the so La I'm, 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 I'm sending invoices <laughs> to Lance Armstrong because he's costing me money because the Honu, uh, the Kona City. I saw this. So, what happens is, is oh, basically they've set up this camp and it's got Lance Armstrong, it's got Chrissy, it's got Crowey, it's got everyone. And I saw it, someone sent it through and, and I thought, oh, John's going to be gutted because it's just going to ruin his camp. And then the, so the fees to get in is like $25,000 25, for three US. days. So, it's a fundraiser, um, which is great. And, and I'm not exactly sure of the project they're fundraising for. But it's uh, 
good on them. But <laughs> twenty five grand for like a yeah. three or four, three day three day camp? three day camp. But this, so that that that, that that you seems know, it's going for a niche market, hey. obviously. You know, and, and um, if you can afford it and you want to go for it, all good. But but he's costing me money, Armstrong's. Uh, you think he's going to get invoices? No, ruined your market. No, it's ruined my market. But because now the Honu seventy point three, the race that he's doing is now sold out, and I've got people that still interested in the camp, but they don't really want to come if they can't race. Uh, so he's costing me money. So he's getting invoices. Why don't you email the race organizer? I have. Have you done the I am talk angle? Well, yeah, but they don't really know me. Oh come on, John! Who doesn't know you in triathlon? Disappointing. Seriously, honestly, I just don't. I was even at a party the other night, actually. If you notice, we're padding here because we've got no news. No, I was at a party the other night and I met a guy you went to school with now. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Great story, this yeah, one. Yeah, no, but he knew. I go, I, go, I do triathlon. He goes, do you, do, do you know John Newsom? <laughs> <laughs> I go, yep, everyone in the world who does triathlon knows there John Newsom. And then uh, apparently he beat you at running at school. You, I think you must have been friendly with him. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah it must have been. <laughs> you were tired. I have a feeling I might know. He's got, he's got two kids. And he works in his family's got warehousing. Uh, not great podcasing. <laughs> okay, well, John's, John's ITU update. <laughs> so there was some racing on the weekend. We had the Oceania Champs. With most of you people elsewhere well, around the world, John, you probably don't give a toss. Um, well, but if you're looking after Mecca, you do. And yeah. he didn't do very well. Well, no, he's, 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 his swimming's getting better, but he's not quite there. But, but hey, let's give the, the winners some love. Um, Brendan Sexton and Emma Jackson from Australia took the wins. And so this really wasn't important. good for us, was it, based on what you were saying last week? Yeah, no, because the winner basically gets an automatic slot for their country. So Australia's more or less or basically guaranteed three spots now for the Olympics. Was, G- was Gimmel ever in it? Oh, yeah, he, he was uh, going head to head, but he got well beaten in the end. But uh. he was second, but you know, probably a good 45 seconds back. Okay. So it was interesting because the, the potential for a team racing might have happened, but there was a bit of break up and stuff. But uh, yeah, on the Macca front, time is ticking away. He's running well. You know, I mean, he's running 32 high, sort of 32.45, something like that, which is, which is not bad. But at the end of the day, that's about a minute off where he needs to be so he's going to have to do some fast improving but he's not trying to get in the run he's trying to get it to say that he can bike people up isn't he Mm. that's his angle Mm. but the the bikers Australia the people who are Australia probably going to select probably don't need biking up so where do you get the Australians 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 he was the 10th Australian. But there was under 23s in front of him as well. So yeah, it's not looking good, is it? It's not looking promising. But uh, So next up is going to be Malulabar, which is a World Cup. What we're going to see, and it could be interesting, is uh, there'll be a lot of people starting to scramble for points. So whilst it's uh, only a regional World Cup, it's a very, very strong field. And then after that, we've got the Sydney first round of the, I think they're calling it the triathlon, World Triathlon Series this year. And, uh, and there's not much to go after that until Olympic qualification cuts off. And then it's selection time. That's exciting times. Oh, so they actually they get the points and then they select. Yeah, well, you, I mean, New Zealand. If New Zealand qualifies three people, they could, if they really wanted to, they could select John Newsom because uh, there's no one in the exactly. triathlon world. Everywhere. You, don't, you don't have to. You can select whoever you want. You qualify your places for your country rather than individually. So even though Brendan Sexton won that race, and it's a limit to three, no matter what. You can't have four. Three, maximum three. If and that's in only, the country, that's only, no, it's only. F- Five or eight countries get three, and then the next bunch of countries are allowed two people, and then the next bunch of countries are What's allowed one What's your argument person. against that? I don't have an argument well, you against should, it. because really, if let's say you are Australian, you've got the four of the best guys in the world. That's the same with all sports. You know, you think about mm. Olympic sprinters, you're probably the top, you know, 10 of the top 20 in the world are probably Americans, yet they'll only get to send one or two. So are the, are the Olympics a fraud, John? 
well, they're not the strongest field every year. World Champs is the strongest field because mm. then you can have more than uh, more than three people from your country. Yeah, exactly, so that's what I'm saying. Same as most sports, so. It's disappointing, John. It's disappointing. Yeah. See, I'm just trying to pan it here. You there you go. Okay, um, what else is happening uh, next up, Malulabar? Oh, no, piece of, yeah, um, next up, Malulabar, so that's in two weeks' time. Brand uh, new brothers are doing, <laughs> what are they up to this well, season? Well, that was interesting <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> we. Ray Lert is racing Ironman Germany, um, yep, well. the European champs. But then his brother, which a lot of people are interested, Michael Ray Lert, who we haven't yet seen do an iron distance race, he's doing doing a sign up for Regensburg. So I guess he's banking on Regensburg. That's the Ironman. It's one, the other it? Ironman yeah, yeah. in, Germany, in Germany, which is not not so prestigious. So I guess he's banking on winning some number seventy point threes. That'll be his Ironman, and, and hopefully they'll get him enough spot and get him enough points to go to Kona. Any other news? Was uh, your training on this week? Um, well, you see, I've got my new Garmin 910 that I will oh. talk about later, uh, so it's going okay. How much did it cost you? Uh, to be negotiated. <laughs> okay. And just a reminder, we've got our tri-suits. They're closing oh, off yeah. on the 23rd of March, so get your orders rolling in. A few people have asked about whether we're going to do sort of a two-piece, top and bottom, and that will come later, and we're going to do another round of bike jerseys uh, coming up soon as well. You know how are we going to structure it? Oh, is we go. We're going to do it. Basically, going to probably put an order in every four months. So three times a year, we'll just put in an order, and it'll so be for all the products. Yep. Okay. So that's sort of how we how we're looking at doing it. So if you want to get a tri suit, go to. Oh no no no! I have to pull this up. Okay. So, so we've got time to kill. Yeah. So Joe, Joe, I was telling Joe, you know, you know, last week I was telling about the nicknames. Yeah. And I was telling him, you know, well, we've also got stuff we sell, you know, because you know, I've got to show that this actually makes us some money because you know, I've got to feed the family. She's gone part time work now. Yeah. And uh, so I was showing her the tri-suits and I was saying, John's done all this really good work and stuff and we're going through the attire and she's like, oh yeah, it's all good. And I said, and I got John, we got me to proof it. And then we're going down and you've got tri-suits, US $199.55, recommended retail $185, but you get $60 pair of socks. What is it, John? It's a no-brainer. Oh, I thought I changed that. <laughs> yeah, I can't have saved. <laughs> so Somebody else pointed that out. I went on there and I changed it. I mustn't have pre-saved. Oh, so you might have changed it now, but when we read it, it was a no-brainer. So, no, we, we, no so brainer. Joe and I, although I couldn't give you a hard time because I proofed it. So. Exactly. <laughs> you're like you're getting me to prove something is like in a blind man to lead you around the roads. I just got, so I've got a, anybody in Christchurch should be entering my Rise Up Team Challenge. Oh, when's that starting? Uh, that's April 29th, three-man nice. team race. A lot of fun. Bevan was out there commentating last year great times got my flyers and everything done got about 5,000 flyers printed typo oh no <laughs> it was a minor one get away with it mm. anyway. when do you put 5,000 flyers oh you just put them at races and um, send totally them out and, yeah, yeah. You, you, you get them out there you get them out there I get about, I get about uh, over 10, 10 to 15,000 for the Triathlon Festival really mm. wow. yeah Okay, then uh, news, the amazing news we've had today is probably brought to you by SLS Try, and we've got a few questions about SLS, so you want to fire one away, John? Question was, um, from Bob Evans, I brought some compression gear from SLS, and now that I have worn it some, I love it, by the way. I'm curious, what is the best way to care for them? I normally wash my athletic gear in cold, warm water with Tide Sport Detergent. Nice. <laughs> and dry in the, del- in the delicate cycle. Uh, is this fine for compression wear too? Well, for that matter of fact, is... It fine for my normal athletic gear for that matter. I used I used to air dry. Um, we got I sent the soft SLS. Um, care instructions are inside the garments and for the socks and sleeves etc on the packaging, and they are supposed to be washed in cold with light colours and under no circumstances ever in big capital yeah, letters big ever capital. put in the dryer. Um, these will destroy the lycra and ruin the garment. The sooner um, the sooner the hotter they dry. 
Only air dry is recommended for these types of garments. That actually applies to anything that contains lycra or spandex, no matter of the brand. John, heat I've, chlorine, I've all my clothes. Heat chlorine, rough surfaces will destroy lycra fibres. So that's a good message. What maybe you're wash, you maybe you're washing pants? your... Uh, sorry? What about when you're swimming lycra pants? Chlorine. Yeah, well, so you rinse them afterwards. Oh, yeah. you got to rinse them mm. in water. And I'm pretty careless with stuff like that. Really? <laughs> wouldn't have known. <laughs> So the good folk at SLS are helping us out with our cleaning products as well, cleaning our products as well as gear. If you want to get um, any gear off them, go to slstry.com. Use the code IAMTALK, get 25% off. No branded team. Okay, next one is uh, Hot Topic. We're proudly brought to you by Training Peaks and more discount codes for you guys. 15% off when you enter the code IAMTALK. I think all our codes are IAMTALK pretty much across the board, aren't they? Well, uh, maybe. Mm. I don't know. You, I see always read what's written That's in front right. of me. Okay. Discussion of the week. So Anthony Rippermonte but they were pretty good. We'll do some nicknames in the next couple of weeks. I know because yeah. what happened was you said this last time, week, you gave him a hard time, and then Anthony came through with a donation. Of your word. So we're going to name some other people this week, and uh, you've all got to donate. Okay, came up to this week's discussion, and is how has your participation in sport, uh, in this sport, affected your family or colleagues positively, negatively? Have you inspired others to try Ironman? Have you put them all here? or is I have put them all there, yeah. Okay. So I've saved you going to Facebook. Yep. Anthony nice. came on. He posted himself. Uh, two years ago, I was overweight and living an unhealthy lifestyle. Competing in triathlon changed my life. I lost over 85 pounds and I'm in the best shape of my life. So for me, the reactions have been mostly positive. Both my wife and son have started participating in triathlon since I began. I've also inspired many co-workers to start their own fitness journeys. I should also add that I got into triathlon because a friend who had competed in Ironman inspired me. It's nice. good to hear. That's pretty cool. Carl Pittman's got participation is infectious. Once I've explained to everyone that the secret of Ironman is slowing everything down and they all want to give it a go. Nice. I've managed to convince a couple of lads I used to play soccer with 20 years ago to enter the outlaw this year. I wish I had the same effect on the kids. They just cringe when they see me go out in my lycra. James Wise won Botel, only doing halves because of the impact on training for an Ironman would have on family life. I'm happy with the balance and wouldn't wish it any other way. As I was, as for others, I was inspired to get into the sport and have paid that back by getting six people into sport by mentoring, coaching, inspiring and encouraging. Nice. Uh, in my day, my dad started doing triathlon around 10 years ago, aged 45, and he inspired me to try it, and I have finally entered my first iron distance race challenge route this year. My boyfriend caught the tri bug three years ago, and due to an injury, he hasn't completed as much as he planned, and my mum is the most supportive back um, of the team ever. I think triathlon has brought our family closer because now we go on family holidays again, which is around an excuse to have a triathlon holiday away. I think my friends have been inspired too, as a lot are trying try and long distance events now that isn't, can't just be a coincidence. Thomas John Newsom Peoples. Oh, nice. Uh, kids hate it, think it's dull, and <laughs> dishwater standing in a field at 6 a.m. to see me, or oh, maybe six times and four. Four and a half to ten hours. Great. Wife isn't keen on exercise either since I started this journey four to five years ago. I seem to be constantly injured and with niggles. Crash bike and permanently ruined my neck motion, calf strain, blah, 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 blah. Sounds pretty positive. <laughs> it doesn't matter how early you leave for a ride, run, swim. Your family will miss you. Um, you're not there to wake up with them, make them breakfast on a weekend. No matter what they say, they miss that. It's also a complete money pit. All of this is fantastic. <laughs> He's all of really the money, selling it. All of the money we spend on triathlon, we could be funding our children's education, taking the family on better annual holidays, etc. But I'm fit, way less now than when I was in my 20s. Enjoy being outdoors, and it's opened um, other doors to fitness, outdoor activities, and the discovery of new places, either via events or cycling, running, 
um, through them and training is good. And if you, if you want to read a bit more of that, go to our Facebook page. <laughs> There's a book we can buy on Amazon.com. Yeah. Tim Tansley's got having into my first and only Ironman so far. A couple of days after my wife found out she was pregnant for with our second child in 2005, Still didn't go down that well. No. He still hasn't been forgiven. He'll be doing halves and Olympic distances. Rubbed off on my daughter, uh, who is now age nine, and joins me in the pool at the tri club sessions. Hope we train together as long as she gets older. Nice. Lucy Francis, it affects your sex life apparently, or so my husband keeps telling me. So is does it mean you have more or, or less? Yeah, yeah. yeah, give us some more details on that one. Come on, Lucy. Brett Whiteley, White, it's a selfish endeavour which is inspiring. Having been through preparations for five Ironmans, I am pleased that race day rolls around as much as the competitor. So he's coming up from the partner's perspective, is he? Yes, he is. Mm. Has Brett, done Brett still does it as well. Has he done an Ironman? Um, that's a good question. I saw Brett the other day, actually. I waved, he ignored me, yeah. but that's he's okay. He's done a lot of halves. Yeah, he's done a lot of halves. Coast to coast. I love race day, and from the start to finish, I don't mean being the domestic on the six-hour rides, the new toys, we now have four bikes each. Whoa! The friendships, the holidays away training, and the uh, training in different parts of the world, but the tiredness, grumpiness, huge food shops, anti-socialness does wear thin. Fortunately, that's what I love about her, focused, driven, pushing, and finding her limits. Nice. Oh, I've got a lot of love big soppy... Hunk of love. Do you want to do one more? No, I'm done. Okay, Molly, I agree. It's an, it is infectious, John. It's infectious. It's like a disease, but a positive one. I've got countless friends that decided to do a try after I did, and several that are doing their first Ironman this year. My husband is happy to join me for long rides so that we have that in common and happy to let me go swim bike on my own. Triathlon Ironman training has never gotten in the way of us having a healthy relationship. In fact, it's made me better because... We each have our own hobbies and go and pursue them to make more of our lives interesting. Radio. John, your thoughts? So the question was, how has your participation in sport affected your family or colleagues in positively? That sport. In that sport. Positively, negatively, or have you inspired others mm. to try and then? I've sort of always been involved, so I wouldn't say it's had a massively... It's just so personal, you know? If your, part, your partner is often either... Somewhere in the... They're either really <laughs> anti it, they He's like talking. it, or they absolutely hate it. Um, so John, John's just, being very diplomatic here. Yeah. Well, Belinda's sort of probably somewhere in the middle. She doesn't mind me doing it, but if it starts to get a bit too much, you know, if I was doing Ironman stuff now, I don't think she'd be too pleased. But at the same time, if I when I don't do any exercise, then I'm not a very happy person. So mm. uh, angry John comes out. He does. So it's just about getting the balance right on a personal situation. I love the. I mean, I really like love these stories when people um, get other people to be active but then a lot of people do take it too far and then it takes over their life and then they end up getting divorced and that's not <laughs> what I like to see. Um, so, yeah, good. I like the stories like Anthony's where he's inspired other people to get off their butts and get get active. See, I have to admit one of the reasons I gave up Ironman was because of relationships mm. because cause it, was, it was really hard, to, especially the level I was trying to achieve, it was really hard to have a good relationship mm. in that time. And, and I'm, like, I did my last Ironman when Joe and I started seeing each other and I'm glad you experienced what my life was like at that time so she has an understanding of kind of where I came from but at the same time for me I don't know if I, 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 well, I don't I, like I look at myself as a father when I was an I man and I don't think I was as good as I could have been and you know not that I was a terrible dad but definitely look at kind of where my energy was at that time in my life and I kind of go oh, I probably could have done things better but at the same time I do know that me doing triathlon had a positive effect on lots of people in my world and, and you know in the gym world I've, I'm very very lucky that I get to influence people to fitness often but 
you know, in the gym world, people often get gym trapped. And so, you know, they don't actually progress much further anymore because they just have this habit of turning up to the gym and the growth mm. stops. And uh, when I started to look outside the gym to do my own fitness, I know that exposed other people, you know, to just, well, maybe I could try this. So in that way, it's been really, really powerful. And I do actually really believe in the idea of events and training towards bigger goals is an important part of anyone's fitness regime. So that's kind of really cool for relationships. Um yeah, I don't know if they were that negative, but I think it's been more positive since I've done it. You've just got to take a step back every now and then. <laughs> and I think it's also that whole where are you in life. You know, like mm. if, you're, if you're early 30s, you've got a young family and you, you know, you're trying to get ahead financially, it's going to be a harder sport than when you're in your late 40s where your kids are a little bit older, totally. you're a bit more financially secure. You know, like it really, you know, it depends on where you're at. But I think overall triathlon in my life has definitely had a massive influence and positive influence on those around me. And this week we've got Christine McKinley, who's um, Brett Whiteley's partner. Oh, look at that. that. We're tying it all together today. It's like tying knots class. Uh, did anyone make changes to their diet slash nutrition after last year's spat, uh, spate oh, of interviews on paleo plus metabolic efficiency? Be keen to hear if anyone tried it, um, is still doing it, and what changes you've seen. There we go. Oh, you don't want to do part two? No, I don't know why I put that in there. Okay, so so after that, last that, year's that was that was from last week because remember we had the topic where we said, give us your topics of discussion, and I'm putting them out there. And we yep. also said what was the one thing that you would tell a first timer to do. And Chris, Christine's suggestion was get a coach and make sure you have been properly fitted on your bike as you're going to be spending a lot of time on it. Times okay, one of the sponsors of the show is called Training Peaks, and we've been getting lots of good feedback from you guys saying how much you love Training Peaks, and also we're getting some feedback from people who have never tried it before and saying, Wow, this has really helped me understand what I'm doing as an athlete. And uh, what do you want to talk about today, one, John? They've just got a new one of their updates to so their features is they've got their fitness training chart, and uh, the cool thing with that is it's just a really quick place that you can go to in terms of on their chart. So, this is where you, if you've got to be paying to get this, it can give you just nice summaries of individual sports, you know, say for example. Um, if you put in the bike there, it's going to give you uh, this week or the, the last four weeks, it's going to tell you exactly how much you rode, um, distance, duration, it's going to give you TSS, it's going to give you your peak power scores, you know, five seconds through to 60 minutes, and then it's going to give you your sort of monthly totals. So, of course, you can go elsewhere and find this information in your training log, but this just gives you a really quick reference point, and you can do it for swim, bike, run. Um, I haven't actually looked at other things, strength training and stuff, I'm sure you can do it with that. So that was one update they've done recently and one that's really useful for the coaches out there amongst you is uh, especially if you're coaching internet based and you're not in the same part of the world is they've got a little weather, weather map feature so oh, as nice. long as the athlete or the coach has put in where they live you can do a quick check just onto their pro one of the charts I've got and if I'm coaching somebody in um, Calgary I can go on there and just sort of see what sort of weather so if they start pulling out porkies and it's too cold to go outside training nice. I can have a quick look in there and uh, and see what's going on so that's a really good one for coaches so remember go to trainingpeaks.com or go ideally go through imtalk.me click on the link if you want to set up an account it's free if you want to get one of the paid versions when you get all the charts it's only like um, 10 bucks US a month and use the code imtalk and you get 15% off nice I'm going to put some music on here we go Get that at a key. I thought we were going to a website. I was looking at the notes time. that you made. Did say yeah. so last week. You know, you know, you you do an Ironman, John. Yeah. And you, you know, how do you feel after an Ironman? 
little tired. Yeah, a little tired. But this was only a 70.3, so you might not be might Yeah, probably not so tired. tired. But, you know, you, you, you're pretty straight. You go to the finish line, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and if you're if you're next-level kind of athlete, you spend a lot of time doing it. You kind of – some days you have these days where it's magic and, and you look in the results and you go, whoa, back it up. I'm the first age grouper in. And then nice. you think, I'm going to listen to I Am Talk this week, my favourite podcast in the world, yes. because these guys will probably notice that I'm an age grouper and I got in the top 10 Ironman New Zealand. Did you get in the top 10? No. Okay, top 12, 12 yeah. in New Zealand. First age group home. Here's my chance. I might get on the show. So you listen up. You're all excited. You get your family around the wireless. Remember wireless? Mm-hmm. The family around. You even called Nana and Granddad around. The dog's sitting there. Your cat, where's the cat? Where's the cat? Cat's over there somewhere as well. Yeah. And you go there and you go, oh, really? Here's my moment of here's my moment of pain. And they go, in the female age group of the week, and they name it. And then they go, in the male age group of the week was, and who did we name, John? Uh, Shannon Stallard. Shannon Stallard, amazing age grouper. To the time of 4.14, came 10th overall. Nice. Phenomenal. We, you, we missed one point, John. Well, yeah. They were a pro. He, he, he is pro. He's always raced age group in the past. And I was sure when I looked at it, I don't know why I did it. Well, anyway. it does say M pro. Well, this is a different list to what I looked at. Uh, so anyway. And oh. so we've got a few emails from people. So Good old um, Richard Swan. Yeah. He, he was first to give us a bit of he shit was, about it. He was. Yeah. He was like, hey, boys, you're weak and you know it. Yep. And Bev McKinnon backed that up and he, we got it incorrect. So he Shannon said, could you do us a favour and can you correct your age grouper from the results, results and I am talk. You announced Shannon Stallard as the age group and male winner and he raced as a pro. Tony Ebens, in fact, won it. And I know he's a listener of the show and he'll be devastated that he wasn't recognised as he was proud that he won. I should know as I coach him. He did uh, 26 minutes, 20, uh, 28 seconds for a, for a swim, which is pretty solid when you look amongst uh, the rest of all the athletes. He was within, uh, well within a minute of the likes of Cam Brown. He rode 2.23. Nice. And then he rode a 1.20. He price. rode a 1.20 as well. He ran a 1.20. Oh, no so wonder nice, he got first. Nice balanced race for 4.15.37. He finished 12th overall first age group, and he was in the 30-34 age group. Very nice. And Tony, if you're going to Kona, Wait, wait, wait. Get the family ready because they're probably sitting around the wireless now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are our age age group of the week. week. Nice work. And we need more age groupers, please. Send them through. Well, I think old um, Mountain Snail sent through some. Yeah, but but haven't they been before? Uh, Yes. Uh, One one that he sent through has not been. No, I think the other one has as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, (laughs) share some love, people. Sort it out. It's that time of the year. Share some love. We're We're all quiet news around here. When are you going to race as an age grouper next? I always race an age grouper. Do you have your age grouper in Ironman? Oh, no, no, I haven't raced an Ironman Iron as an age grouper. Yeah, so when will you do that next? 40, maybe? What we'll do is when we're 50, if we're still doing the show, God, imagine if we're doing the show 50, <laughs> there'll be another 15 years. We'll be broadcasting live from uh, from the Bahamas or something. In That's that right, all the millions we've made from the show. We'll be set for life. But 50, we have to do an Ironman. Okay. Yep. Okay. We'll do, we'll do the comeback. Yeah. Because I'll do an Ironman again when I finish my gym career. Because, mm. you know, like if, if I take away gym career, that's 12 hours training a week. Or if I could, you know, probably put off an Ironman 15 hours training. I'm never going to be the legend that I was. Right, yes. <laughs> but, but, um, but I'll do it again. But 50, I think we should commit. Okay, I'll commit right here, right now. Because did Melina end up doing one at 50? Yeah. 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 He did pretty solidly, I think. He did too. Oh, did he? Uh, the run's always a bit hard for Melina. Sorry, Melina. I love you. John's thinking. I don't know. He, was I 50 he went last back year, and did Kona, didn't he? Yeah. He went back and did Kona when he was 50, I think. Yeah, and he did about, did he do about 11. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty solid swim bike. Yeah. Struggled a bit on the run. That's the story of Ironman. Mm. I was winning it. Mm. <laughs> I was winning it. 
Uh, Albert Harold's Albert. Albert is now in the 45 to 49, I think. It's a hard category. He's only just gone up, though. Well, so. Albert's from Coffees of Hawaii, and that's who we're going to talk about next. Coffees of Hawaii. Peaceful Strength, the Malulani Estate. It's a new uh, new one that's out at the moment, or the new season out. It's a rich body, medium roast coffee with, ooh, footsies, <laughs> um, with a mild acidity complemented with a luscious hint of chocolate. Yes. Luscious hint of chocolate in your coffee. That's got to be good. $3.50 for a two ounce, $13.25 for an eight ounce, 48 bucks for a two, two pound, and 92 bucks for five pounds of How long would five pound last you, John? I don't know. I suppose it depends how much you drink, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, probably go through like one pack of a week. If you do it every day, a cup of coffee every day with this coffee at home, it probably lasts you maybe a week, just over. A week? Yeah. For five ounces? No, no, no. Like one of these regular size packet, probably an oh. eight ounce packet. So I don't know, Bevan. What do you drink as your main fluid? Water. Oh, really? Yes. You do? Yes. You don't, you don't like do a fizzy or... No, water. Really? Always yeah. water? Yeah. Oh. Glass of orange, really good orange juice. We've had discussion before. Glass of pure, proper orange juice every Expensive. morning. It's not as expensive as a lot of things. It's I, I can cope with ten dollars worth of orange juice a week. It's not too bad. You must be making the big uh, money, big time. Uh, and then water. Really? Mm. I've started getting the sparkling water. Right. Yeah. Sophisticated. I, well, no. The reason was I was drinking a lot of Sprite Zero because yeah. I used to drink a lot of fizzy. I used to drink a lot of Coca Cola. I do yeah. love my Coke. Mm. But then my tooth fell out, and so I was like, "Well, this thing can't be good for you." No. That was about ten years ago. So then I went to the zeros. And, and, and I would drink about 1.5 of zero a day, and it's okay. Yeah. You, you know, you could justify it because there's not much sugar, but there are chemicals in there. There's a lot of chemicals. There's a lot there. of chemicals in there. So I've decided, okay, well, what's the solution? Water. Well, no, because water's just boring. Just, okay, carry on. And so I want sparkling water, and we're going to do lemon tree outside. Sparkling water with lemon. Sophisticated, you should go move to France. Tell you, mate, I'm pretty classy. So if you want to get yourself some lovely coffees of Hawaii, Malulani Estate, go via. I am talked up me and you get the discount codes. It's a no-brainer. This is probably going to be a best show ever, isn't it? That's gold. It's, we're on fire. Luckily, we've got DC Rainmaker on. That's who we've got on next. So one thing is, is DC Rainmaker, <coughs> if you haven't heard about DC Rainmaker, he does this website, which is a really good review website. It's interesting. I went. I bought a bike. Um, how long ago did I buy that? About a month ago. Went yep. about seven times. Pretty good. And... Um, I bought a bike and I was going to buy one off the internet and you know, I ended up getting one of Scotty Browns but I was going to buy it off the internet and I was looking around review sites and there was really poor review sites because mm. they'd always do the reviews and then they'd always tell you, tell you where you can buy it from mm. and I'm always, you know, as in there was no negativity in the review mm. and you could get a deal if you went to this place and it's so easy to put stuff up there nowadays, you know, you know, with YouTube and, and blogging and stuff like that. And it was really hard to find good reviews that were objective. That's kind of, we used to, people used to send us stuff and I didn't really like to Yeah, I struggled with it. Because it was like, yeah. well, no, this is crap. <laughs> yeah, and we couldn't be bothered doing the work as well. Yeah. Whereas if you go to DC Rainmaker's website, he does the yards, man. Oh, yeah. Like as we are interviewing, I was looking at one of the watch you did. Yeah, it's like, you just keep scrolling It's and like scrolling 25 and scrolling. pages of, yeah, yeah and, and it's great. So, if, and the thing is, we have got, seriously, when it comes to people interviewing non-stars, people requesting interviews of non-stars, DC Rainmaker, we get so many interv- people going, can you please interview this dude? So we've got him on right now for about half an hour, and uh, good guy. Yep, listen up, knows his stuff. But more than we do, let's mm. put it that way. Here he is. Hey ho, happy to have somebody, a few people have requested. We have so many requests, eh? Yep, Mr. Popular. We've been on his website <laughs> a number of times. Uh, the website is dcrainmaker.com, and Ray Maker is joining us today. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, um, 
I guess when we, if people haven't been to race site, it's basically he's a geek he's a gadget, a, the, dude, the gadget isn't he? man. He loves yep. to review any gadgets, and he doesn't just go into it in a small way. He really uh, goes in there and thoroughly reviews products. You know, especially you know GPS units, power units, and so on. So, Ray, I mean, what what um what got you started into doing this, and what motivates you? Yeah, it was it was kind of a bit of an accident, really. Um, I had started just a bit of a training blog, just like really any other training blog out there, just kind of saying, "Here's what I did this week." Um, and and along the way, I had uh, picked up one of the Garmin 305, kind of the the red GPS there, um, and ended up writing up a short email for some folks at work that were just kind of curious on how it worked. And um, for fun, one day I went ahead and took that email, copied and pasted into um, into the site there, and and over time that became the most popular Forerunner 305 review out there. So so um, ended up when I got a new watch uh, a year or so later, um, ended up kind of doing the same thing again, and from there it just kind of spiraled uh, out of control, I guess. So what what what, what is, is it specifically like the GPSs, or are you sort of into your power meters and stuff as well? Is it pretty much any I gadget? Think any any gadget, probably. I'm, <laughs> I don't discriminate. Um, so anything that's that's a bit of a, a gadget or a toy or something that's kind of interesting that that can help you from a training standpoint, um, I think is pretty interesting. And you know, I've kind of expanded. I originally started with some of the GPS units, but I'm now kind of anything I guess that fits in that sports technology moniker. Um, you know, whether it be um, running, cycling, swimming, or um, Kind of and slowly branching out from there as well. In, in terms of um, the sort of analysis you go through when you you get a product, so talk us through how you'd put you know any product through its rigors. Yeah, I just uh, honestly I just use it like any other athlete. I guess that's probably the the biggest thing and the thing that makes me different. If you look at the way you know most magazines um, tend to do product reviews, it's really just a, a function of they get the product um, over for a bunch of PR shots and they they put some PR texture in there and they call it good. And mm-hmm. and you see the same thing just with a lot of reviews online where they're really just simply you know regurgitating the features. Uh, my goal is to <laughs> exactly yep, yeah precisely yeah. Um, and as, as I get to a better understanding of the way that whole industry works, it's kind of funny. Um, how little reviewing actually goes on there. Mm. Um, so my goal is to really just you know use it like an athlete would, but then to kind of pound the crap out of it. And I, mm. I really want to understand every little feature and why things are the way they are. Uh, and my goal isn't in the reviews to to usually say at the end, you know, this product is is absolutely fantastic and every other product sucks. Uh, my goal tends to be focused on here's what this product is good for um, and here's the areas that it's, it's good for and the people that it's good for. Um, and you have to make your own decision whether or not that's the appropriate product for you. And do you go? Um, do the companies these days send you product to, to review, or are you basically going out there keeping it as independent as you possibly can? How, how does that sort of work? Uh, a little bit of both. So they send me product review, but I send everything back. So yeah. um, that's a, a big thing where I, I get everything in, um, and I go ahead and I review it, and then I send it back, usually within uh, usually about one to three months, depending on, on what the timeline is, what the product is. Sometimes they want me to hold the product longer because it's demonstrating over a longer cycle. Um, but most things, it's about one to three months, then I go ahead and ship it back to them. Um, and then I usually end up buying, actually, everything that I test over again to be able to provide support for people's questions and as a firmware updates and things like that over time. Oh, have you? So, is this making you some money? <laughs> uh, it, it makes a little bit of money. I think the the rebuying of the products doesn't doesn't help that that <laughs> that profitability as much. But uh, so um, say, it does. Oh, sorry, go you go. It does give an, an opportunity for at least me to justify it to my wife as to why I'm buying um, all these big you know products and have them piled up everywhere. Hey, so so let's say you get a new piece of product. Take take us through what you go through to make sure you can get the best information. Let's say you get the latest Garmin, whatever it is. What kind of steps in the process do you have to make sure you are able to give the best review for the people out there? 
Yep. So the very very first thing is once it comes off the UPS truck and arrives at my house, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll do what's called the unboxing photo. So I'll basically I'll step through and unbox it, um, just as if you were to unbox that brand new product. Um, and that's that's critical for two reasons. One is because a lot of people are really interested in that. But two, um, later on when I've managed to lose a piece of it, I can go back and refer to what was actually supposed to be in that package as opposed to what I found you know a month later. Um, and then <laughs> nice. from there, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll use it pretty much just like normal. So I'll go ahead and. You know, take it out for a, if it's a running product, I'll go out and um, just run with it like I normally would and take it through my normal workouts that I have structured or planned. Um, and my goal is then to exercise kind of all the, the features and functionality of the product. So um, if there's something in the product that I wouldn't normally get to as part of my day-to-day workouts, I'll try to find a way to fit it into my workouts or fit in at least some utilization of that, that function or that feature. Um, you know, obviously, we all kind of have training plans, and so you, you can't vary those too much just because a product has come in. you got to kind of fit it in with the rest of it. Mm. And what about your own training? You know, Are you um, an <clears throat> extremely scientific trainer? You know, Do you now set your workouts up? On your uh, on your Garmin or whatever you're riding, and you go out and you do exactly what the unit tells me tells you, or do you just sort of play around a bit? Um, you know, it, it's funny. I actually do not program my <coughs> my Garmin time at workouts in there, as, as odd as that may sound. Um, <laughs> mostly because I I tend to just simply memorize them. So I have workouts. Uh, I have a coach that goes ahead and um, gives me structure workouts, and I follow those. And I've been with him enough years that you find over time that those workouts are are fairly similar. Um, you know, day to day, and you kind of understand the structures. It's really just the the, the components that are changing slightly within each one. And we're, t- tell us a bit about yourself in terms of an athlete. Uh, do you focus on iron distance, um, half distance? What do you What do you sort of uh, What cuts you? Like yeah, I've kind of gone. I've gone both ways. I've done Ironman Canada a couple times, and Ironman Florida, um, and a whole slew of half Ironmans and, and marathons, and whatnot. Um, I think I probably enjoy the shorter distance ones the best. Um, I think you know, there's, there's a, a big feeling of accomplishment when you finish an Ironman um, or any long distance race, anything that's long distance to you, at least, no matter what distance it really is. Um, but I think from a a joy standpoint, I really enjoy the the sprint and the Olympic distance race. You can kind of have a lot of fun at them, um, and and really go all out, and you know, just. Uh, I think it's just they're, they're a blast a lot of times. You know, there's there's a lot of products coming into the market, you know, pretty much every day, and you've got you you know your more traditional brands like your Garmin's and stuff, and then you've got a lot of people coming up with new brands and all the rest of it. How do you determine which where is best to put your time? You know, because obviously you've got to put a full time job as well, so yep. getting that mix right must be a bit of a challenge for you, I imagine. Yeah, it's a bit tough. You know, there's there's a lot of products, like you said, coming in. Um, I think you can kind of see the products and you can say, is this a product that a lot of people are going to be interested in um, just because of the brand, right? So if Garmin comes out with a new product, that's a huge thing just because it's Garmin, right? Yeah. Just like when Apple comes out with a new product, it's just because it's Apple. Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that's the best product out there. It just means that they introduced a new product and everybody wants to pay attention to it. Mm. Um, so you got to balance that with um, there are new products from new companies that are, you know, small startups and um, Silicon Valley or anywhere else that that are doing really really cool things, and um, you got to kind of look at those and say, are they doing something that's differentiating themselves from other players in the market, and are they doing something that people would actually buy? Um, and that that second piece is kind of difficult because you know I I talked to a bunch of these these industry folks back in September, and kind of the message I said to them is, when you're designing a new product, it's got to do everything the Garmin does plus a bit more, mm. right? So if you're going to go out and introduce something that 
that's new to the market, um, and it's yet another running watch. It's got to do all the same stuff that the Garmin is going to do if you're going to charge the same price, um, and it's got to do something more because people inherently trust a Garmin device or you know Timex or a Polar device over a an unknown on the marketplace. Um, so I kind of factor a little bit of that into when I'm I'm looking at new products, and I'm always trying to test something that's really cool and kind of latest and greatest. But at the same time, you've also got to factor in, um, you know, how how you perceive that company is going to do over the long term. You know, the evolution of these products has really changed the way people train and, and the information we're getting back about ourselves as athletes over, especially in the last 10 years in particular. Do you, do you, you know, it seems that you seem to have a bit of an influence on what's happening out there. Do you get a bit more insight into see where things are going? And if so, you know, can you paint a picture for us? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I you know normally this time of year in like the February time frame, I do a um, you know what do I expect for the year ahead, my sports technology like um, preview sort of thing for the the following year. Um, and I found it's become more difficult to do that because I I know too much. Um, so oh, I, okay. I know too many companies' plans that are coming. Um, so it becomes more difficult. But I think the the bigger trends that you're going to see is connectivity. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of the the companies um, starting to dive into how can they connect your mobile phone. Um, you know, you saw Garmin do a foray into that. Um, you saw Do- or Timex starting to look in that as well. Um, Polar's kind of doing it from a different angle. They're they're focusing a bit on um, Bluetooth low energy and and how do they connect to those devices, which in turn can connect your phone. That's really the major draw out there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see that. And I think over the next you know six to twelve months, you're going to start to see um, devices that are connecting directly to the internet and doing more of that real time tracking, like you see the the Garmin. GTU 10, which is their, their small tracker unit the size of a uh, pack of gum um, that can update your position every 15 seconds uh, live over the internet. So I think that's kind of the direction you're heading. Um, and I think you're going to see that uh, some of those price points for products will start to, to go down a little bit. So what you're sort of saying there is there's going to be a, a device that, <clears throat> um, say say I'm doing uh, Ironman Cozumel was saying, and I'm biking along, and if I've got that device on, people will be able to log on somewhere and actually see me in real time, not like the Iron Man Live stuff where you see them at the end of the bike ride, but is that, is that sort of what you're saying, that people yep. will be able to pro- watch your progress? Absolutely, and there's a couple of products on the market that do that today. One of them is the Garmin GTU 10 tracker um, that does it a very basic, fundamental, here-you-are location kind of method. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't today include all your AMP Plus data, like the power meters and stuff that you see on the Tour de France or something like that. I think that's definitely coming, though. It's just not there today. Um, there are a few other products that are one-off rental products, um, a company called uh, Trackers, spelled with a and spelled kind of funky, but they're, those folks um, do that where they actually integrate that AMP plus data so you can see that person's heart rate and their power and their speed and cadence and all that fun stuff in real time. And it lasts, and it's designed to last for an entire Ironman race. Um, so I think that's definitely a future. That's what that's what folks want. And you look at the cell phone market, for example, RunKeeper, a lot of those, Map My Run, yeah. um, all those programs have that functionality today in them. That's going to be great when you can actually... Yeah, because we we often get the uh, Ironman Hawaii, we get to see all the pro stuff, but um, the, the Ironman Live stuff's pretty pretty slow off the mark in terms of uh, when you get the updates. That's going to be brilliant. I suppose the question I have, you know, you're, I'm just going through your site right now. It's so thorough, and you know, if you if you are looking at getting a product, you're a pretty good place to go. But you know, who who are you really trying to target? You know, your content at. 
you know, I'm I'm kind of everyone. I don't, uh, you know, I kind of try to go both ways. I think there's, the, I like the folks that are incredibly uh, in depth, analytical, and and want to understand something very very deep. Um, but I think there's also just folks that maybe out purchasing their very first device, maybe beginner runner, and they want to understand what their options are. Um, and for them, a running watch, um, you know, even a $150 running watch um, may be a, a big deal, and they want to understand are they really buying the best one or something that's actually going to make them improve. <clears throat> Um, and so I, I try to go both audiences. I, I try to make it something that um, a first-time buyer can understand what I'm saying. At the same time, somebody who understands a sport for the last you know half a decade or decade or more um, is still going to be able to get something out of it. Well, it's, it's quite an apt time to do this interview because I bought my uh, bought a Garmin 19. Oh, what does he uh, say about, about it, John? About, what does he say about, about it? A 19 XT. About three days ago, yep. so I've had two. Uh, I've had two or three runs with it, and it's been fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, we, I'm, I'm not sponsored by them, and um, and you, you you do a whole variety of things. But it seems that, as you said, Garmin are certainly the leaders in GPS, and it seems that their their price point is um, is pretty good with the 910. Um, tell us a bit about that that unit, and because it looks like you've swum at some funky locations um, in terms of <laughs> testing the swim the swimming side of it, because that's not not something I've really um, had a chance to test yet, and how accurate it's been. Yep. So um, the 910 is it builds on the 310, which is the, the little orange watch that um, you know most triathletes have had um, over the last few years. And the biggest differentiator of the 910 over the 310 is a swimming metric. So it is the ability to have both in-pool metrics um, and get um, use it uses an internal accelerometer to measure your laps and your lengths and your stroke and um, and record that distance and you can upload it later on, as well as open water swimming. Um, and in the past, the 310 XT had an open water swimming mode, but it wasn't terribly accurate. Um, you know, you could go out one swim that was, in, you know, say a mile and um, it would end up being two miles one day and half a mile the next day. And, um, and that was, I think that was a bit of Garmin refining that technology. Technology. Um, now with the 910, they have an accelerometer in there, so they can do some of the bit of backstop calculations and understand what your stroke rate looks like, and then correlate that with um, GPS data to kind of, I guess, uh, validate some of their their assumptions with as far as distance goes. And what I've seen in in swimming with it um, is it's about 10, 15 percent accurate or inaccurate, I guess, within 90 to 85 to 90 percent accuracy rate um, in open water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the pool, um, if you kind of follow some of the the guidance there, I can get it to be one. 100% accurate every single swim. Um, so I've only had one swim length miscounted since uh, back in October within the pool. And does that take a bit of, and I'm probably on my personal mission here, does that take a bit of, <laughs> I reckon. A bit of work to get that sort of calibrated correctly or is that um, for a, a layman, is that pretty easy to set up? Um, it, there's there's actually no calibration per se. I think it's more just um, recognition of understanding how the technology works. So in the pool, the the 910's accelerometer base, which means it's it doesn't really know that where each end of the pool is. It just knows that you're changing direction and acceleration. Um, so within that context, you have to keep in mind that any extraneous movements between those two points in the pool could be construed as a lap. Um, so, for example, I got an email from somebody recently who was upset because they left the timer running, they got out of the pool, they went to the bathroom, they came back to the pool, and it counted that as a lap. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I kind of had explained that from the watch's standpoint, there's actually a lot of that that's very much like a lap, right? You yeah. you got out of the pool, which is kind of like a flip turn, you got to the bathroom, you stopped and probably got up there and did something there and then came back. That's like a, the other end of the length 
into the pool. And then, you know, the, the timing is very, very similar. So within that context, you want to understand that um, it's measuring movement. And so, um, you know, when you push off the wall, you want to push off strongly so that it understands that, yes, this was the wall. It um, doesn't matter if you do a flip turn or an open turn, just push off strongly. Um, if you're at the end of the lane, you know, don't be waving your hands around um, unless you have the watch paused because, again, that looks like strokes. Yeah. Um, a question I've got for you, you know, like, you know, we talk about John's watch here and, and it sounds like it's pretty top end. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on devices where they only use two functions on it. You know, like how, <laughs> how can you determine what kind of person you should be when it comes to spending money on products? You know, because we, we do an expensive yep. sport as it is. And a lot of people will buy a device that has all the the, wing, the whistles and bells and, you know, they only use it for heart rate and a bit of power or something like that. Yep. If, if someone out there is listening right now and they are thinking about getting a device like a Garmin or, or a GPS device, how do you determine what's going to work for you? Yeah, I think uh, you know a little bit. Obviously, is what you what you want to spend, of course. Um, but I think there are a lot of options that are much much cheaper um, than a you know in the U.S. that the nine ten is a four hundred dollar watch, right? Um, there's a lot of options, that, especially for running and cycling, that start in the two hundred dollar level. Um, even less than that, you know, hundred dollars here in the U.S. Um, if you're looking at not recording the data, and that's that's probably one of the biggest differentiators there. If you don't want to record data, those watches get really cheap. Um, okay. At the sub $100 level, you have a, the Solios GPS that's got incredibly popular over the last um, probably four to six months. And that's not by Garmin. It's by a company called Solios. It's S-O-L-E-U-S. Um, and they've got a simple watch that looks like a normal watch, the size of a normal watch. Um, and it just measures time and distance and some basic laps, but it doesn't record um, that data to download to your PC afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just on the watch. And they've introduced a new model here in the last couple of weeks that goes and does that recording to, um, to your desktop. But at that point, you start to get into the same market as many of the Garmin devices. And, and Timex has introduced a, a new device into that market um, starting on Wednesday here, which is the Timex Marathon GPS. The same concept of um, you can record and show distance and pace and all that fun stuff, uh, but not download it after the fact. What about people who, um, you know, get their devices and get scared off by how technical they can be? You know, you might buy a 910 um, and it just seems a bit difficult. Like are the devices getting yep. better? At, you know, if we do look at Apple in the in the kind of computer world, what they've yep. done well is they've made devices simple for the everyday person to use. Are we finding that's coming through in this world? I think we are. Um, I think those still not at the high end yet. So I think in the case of the 910, um, it is simplified a bit more, um, but it's not as simple as, say, some of the running watches that are, or even the, the cycling watches, like the, the 4Runner um, 210 is a, a really popular um, running watch, and that's that's the sub-$200 market there. Um, and, you know, when I was talking to the, the Garmin developers about it when it first came out, one of the biggest things they said is they would go to the, the start line of a race somewhere, um, and they would find folks with a 4Runner 305, and it would be configured for all sorts of weirdness because the person just didn't understand how to use it, yeah. right? You know, so they would, instead of having pace on there they would have maximum pace and this person would be sitting there going how am I running three minute miles right and it's just yeah. it, it doesn't make sense and so I think the, the 210 is good because it, it reduces how much trouble you can get into okay. um, it's, it's kind of a, a simplified feature set you still record all the same data so at the end of the day you get all the same data and analysis if you want to online um, but on the watch itself it's simplified a bit and it's it's really the watch that I'd recommend for 95% of runners out there if you just want to go out know how far you went maybe do some basic intervals um, but just you know distance and all that kind of stuff that's probably the best bet and what you, you mentioned before about um about this you know live tracking online tracking what other things are sort of starting to come out that are um that are exciting you in the world of gadgets 
Yeah, I think um, integration online with some of the different trainer pieces as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Trainer Road is a is a s- small startup company, software company that's been doing some really cool stuff um, around. <laughs> uh, taking a standard issue trainer um, and going ahead and integrating it with a, a software suite. So the same little USB stick that you synchronize your Forerunner watch to your computer with, you can now take that and it'll do predictive power, what they call virtual power, um, on a you know a, a low end trainer um, and go ahead and, and you can follow workouts and put that online. Um, so it's kind of like having a Compu trainer, but for you know one fiftieth price or one you know very very small amount of money. Um, they charge I think ten bucks a month, um, and it's it's a, a very really interesting platform. But I think as you look over the next probably six or so months, they're going to be doing some incredible things there that that really turn that whole world upside down a bit. Nice. So one thing, one thing I suppose is, is this isn't your full time gig. You only kind of do this as, as a hobby. And um, what do you do yep. in your normal life? Oh, normal life at work for work. <laughs> um, yeah, for work I design enterprise IT networks. So I, I basically design um, large scale IT networks that are, are worldwide, uh, focusing on authentication and messaging platforms. Nice. And um, and is this something you like the the website? Is this something you'd ultimately like to be doing full time? Um, I, th- I think it's, you know, I can go both ways. I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, when you go to the, the big conferences or conventions uh, around um, the you know, triathlon or cycling or whatnot, you sit there and go, wow, this is really cool stuff. I'd love to do it full time. But then in my, my day job, I get to go and um, see really unique places in the world and, and travel a ton and go places I'd never have the opportunity to do otherwise. So um, they're both great, <laughs> great opportunities. So I suppose. Yeah, at some point I'm, I'm sure I'll have to choose, but um, for now it's it's uh, fun playing both sides. How many hours do you spend on the site? Because you know, like like for John and I, with this we just kind of talk. It's kind of easy. <laughs> we don't have to do any a lot of research. Like whereas you, you you know, I can imagine this is you know how many hours weekly would you if you averaged it out? How would you spend kind of doing this thing? Uh, a lot. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, outside of my normal day to day job, I'd say it's I don't know probably. Two to three hours a night, easily. Really? Um, depending wow. on what. So you know, typical post, uh, a normal post, a daily post would take about an hour to hour and a half to write up, um, and and you get all the stuff, the photographs, all in there, and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, product reviews can take easily um, six to ten hours of just the writing aspect alone and the, the proofing and all that. Um, and then, of course, there's the testing of gadgets and, and a lot of that. I just didn't integrate in my day to day workouts, but there's some pieces where, you know, uh, for example, on Sunday I went out and. Um, you did my normal training bike ride, and it was uh, about a 90-minute ride um, for this particular Sunday. And um, afterwards, I spent another you know 45 minutes taking pictures I needed um, for for various product reviews over the next little while. So it's those extra little bits that always add up. And so, in terms of your racing this season, what are you looking at? You know, it's funny. I have absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <gadget> reviews. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's tough. This this season or this yeah this season I guess is is really tough just because my schedule. I I know it's going to be really rough um, over the summer months. So I've been kind of taking it month to month, um, which isn't really the best long term training you know plan. But um, I, I'm kind of making it work. I'm setting you know, one goal and running to it, and then going to the next from there. So I've got an indoor triathlon here in two weeks that I'm going to be doing. Um, and then after that, I've got a, a 10 mile race. That's that's a big local 10 mile race here that I'll do. And then um, I'll probably do some 
uh, Olympic distance triathlons in in uh, May and in June. But then uh, from there, I haven't haven't really thought that far out yet. I probably want to do another fall marathon, um, but I'm trying to fill that that gap in between. Depends a little bit on my travel schedule for work. Hey, well, um, thanks so much for your time oh, today. Oh, John's got another question. Oh, John's got another question. Sorry, Jeez, he's trying to wrap it up. I've got sorry. things to say here. I was going to ask: Have there been things that have come out that have been total flops? You know, um, where some big company thought they would get they had everything covered and it was just a complete disaster. Hmm. <laughs> Thank. <laughs> um, like, because like Polar's power um, on their chain wouldn't yeah, say it's been a total space. disaster, but yeah. it, it certainly hasn't <laughs> uh, hasn't worked particularly well. Um, you know, it's a tough one. I think there's there's products that have that have missed the mark a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of some that were just complete and total disasters, um, but I can't think of any that off my head. I think you know, like the, like you said, the chain one. It's actually funny. I got an email from somebody about that just the other day, in fact. Um, but they were praising it. Um, but yeah, yeah most folks uh, aren't as big of fans of that particular implementation. Um, I think. Some of the products over the next year will be interesting to see where where companies are are trying to push the boundaries a bit, or mm. they're they're trying to introduce a product into um, a market they're not familiar with. Um, so I think you're going to see some some folks get into the market that um, you know have a desire to grab some of that health and fitness um, yeah. cash that's out there, yeah. um, but maybe don't have the, the expertise to be able to pull it off, and they're going to look a bit a bit awkward. What do you think about that new that new Nike device? What's the um, they've got the the one? Isn't it called or the fuel band or yeah is it the fuel band is it yep i think that's that's very similar to a lot of devices you see from companies coming out now um there's literally billions of dollars um on the table right now for health and fitness devices mm-hmm. um just that's where the the general trending of things and wanting to be healthy is um so i think you know you're going to see that that's along the same lines as what the fitbit kind of started a lot of that yeah um, and then you had the uh the one from Jawbone, my mind is completely blanking out at the moment. Um, the uh, Jawbone Up, sorry, the very same wrist-based accelerometer. Um, you got a lot of devices coming out that, that measure fitness um, just from a walking and kind of wandering around standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're, you're going to see way more coming out over the next few months. Um, it's going to be popular. I think it's going to be about companies that put together a cohesive story. Um, and, and Nike's done a good job of that in the past in terms of you know a whole software and services platform that's built around that. Mm-hmm. And if um, obviously you know you do a great job reviewing all the stuff and it's basically free to go onto your website. Is there any way people can support you when they come onto your website? I yeah, see you've totally. got a you've got an Amazon link there, but any other way um, people can support you? Yeah, the biggest one is uh, probably through Amazon. On the right-hand side, like you see, there's the Amazon link. Anything that you buy on the site um, that goes via Amazon, I got, I got credit for. So that, that really drives my ability to purchase stuff afterwards um, and, and keep on supporting those and, and buy new products for product reviews. And then there's also a small tip bucket on the right-hand side as well, um, the tip jar, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and that... Uh, some folks go that way as well. Great. Nice. Well, we, oh, seriously, mate, we get so many emails about your website. We get lots of people saying just love what you're doing. So obviously, you know, I'm sure you know your community really appreciates it. And if you are someone listening to the show and you are thinking about buying a device, seriously, he's just he's gone in-depth on every device that's kind of out there right now. So check out his website. It's dcrainmaker.com. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Ray. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. No worries. What do you think, Jumbo? It's all good in the hood. He does it, you know, his stuff is very well written and balance he's not sitting there slagging things off for the sake of slagging them off and he it's just subjective. loves what he does yeah it's nice hopefully he can make a career out of it hopefully he's making good money but then you start to lose your object- objectivity if you if somebody starts employing you to do reviews no because you always have got to remember your customers are key mm. you always come from it there's a guy this is what i learned from there's a there's a podcast called twit which i love it's a, it's a weekly 
technology podcast and a guy called Leo Laporte who was kind of actually that, that podcast influenced me to think about doing this podcast and um, and he, you know tech you know it's always reviews and stuff and, and he's never taken review units because for him or, or it's always I come from the customer first I come from my listeners and you know it sounds like DC Raymac does the same thing and it's really as a producer of content you've got to go what's good for my listener first and then mm-hmm. you know then you look at your revenue streams after that but so I don't think DC Rainmaker would compromise that so he's supposed to make some great so anyway thank you yeah. go to dcrainmaker.com I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me sponsor Extreme Endurance backs one man that's a new world record holder did you read the report? Um, that's a no I did <laughs> I saw some highlights how tell <laughs> what I loved about his report so okay just, just a quick one what he's done is he's broken the 100k indoor roll world record lightweight lightweight so mm. what's lightweight? Um, I don't know what weight it is. I would be guessing possibly under 70 kgs. That's what I'd possibly be guessing. 67 he was. There you go. I was probably right. You're probably right? Yeah. I have a, oh, it's a 70, well, no, um, no, it could have been. Ballpark 70 ballpark. kgs. Yeah, ballpark 70. Because <laughs> I've submitted him four and he's similar to a size. Oh, we'll stop back. We had a technical problem there, but one thing that was really fascinating, so we went for around six hours doing it, um, doing six and a half, six and a half hours. So, um, but he was saying in his report, he got seat, like in the last five minutes, he got a bit of a crowd of people around him cheering on and he hated it. Mm. <laughs> he was like, just leave me alone. I know I'm going to get there. Like I don't need the encouragement. And I just found that quite funny. Mm. Um, so yeah, his, his new record, I think is six hours, 33 minutes and 10 seconds. And I think his previous record, I did read bits of it, was six Someone hours, 36. Someone else took over his record, didn't they? I think uh, that's I think what motivated so. him to do it again. Yeah. And they, and they had their power of extreme endurance on board now, so of course he was always going to break it. So he broke it by about three minutes. And did, did I read correctly that he found this experience a lot more enjoyable when he did it the first time? The first time was like... Yeah, first time we got to halfway, he was cruising. And misery. Then, and then just suddenly at the halfway point, it just was mega painful city. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, like it was like every pull of that lemon rowing thing was just absolutely death. Mm. But he just this time, I don't know if it was a pleasant experience is probably the best way to put it, but... Yeah, um, it's interesting. Like in this report here, he's got. Um, I've completed um, ultra adventure racing in New Zealand. I've done won numerous British and international fitness titles. Completed fifteen Ironman plus a double. Uh, this seems to be much harder than completing a double marathon and so on. It's only six hours, but it's just the intensity is so much harder. So mm. Mm. Rowing, you would think r- about it, it's whole body, isn't it? Rowing's a tough sport. Yeah, for mm. six hours. Mm. So uh, the reason why we brought that up is how, as an extreme endurance athlete, we heard earlier in the year about his 5K exploits, how he did sort of three in a row and then did a fourth one, I think, and was on the extreme endurance for the fourth one and saw a significant improvement. So if you want to be like Hal Tao and get yourself uh, breaking some records, we've got a lot of people in Christchurch that are now on extreme endurance. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, go to xendurance.com. I think a lot of listeners are now on extreme endurance. Yeah. Go yeah. to xendurance.com, use the code discount, and if you get the automated delivery, use the code ADI. Talk. It's one of those products that the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And, exactly. and you know, everyone seems to love it. So check it out. Extreme endurance, and you too can be a, a towel legend. Mm. Nice. Do you want to do with music? Yes, please. Okay, Even yes, I'll request a bit of music. Okay. Website of the week. Okay, so the website of the week this week goes to now Andrew Kerr sent through now. What is his nickname? Uh, it was Dipl- Diplodocus. Diplodocus. Yeah. Andrew T Rex Diplodocus Kerr. I'll give it the T Rex. Just go Diplodocus. Well, traditionally, our forum's dying, John. What forum? Well, because now I don't want to insult people here, but 
I went on Try Talk a while ago. Try Talk, yeah. you know, and Try Talk back in the day was a pretty big thing. Yeah. You know, and you'd, you'd see a postcard there, and I'm just going to put up right now as we're talking, trytalk.co.uk. And I used to go on there occasionally and just maybe do some promotion or see what people were up to. And, and I went on there not so long ago, I think last week, and I was just kind of checking out what those guys are doing on there. And I noticed that there's not as many posters what there used to be. So, you, for example, you might get, you know you you might put a post up on Monday, and by Wednesday it was off the front page, or by Tuesday it was off the front page. Whereas nowadays you go on the front page and like okay, so they got posts. It's Monday here, so it goes way back to Tuesday last week. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think maybe with social networking happening, our forums are dying. Oh, I thing. think so. Yeah. Yeah, because you know back in the day, like I know for Gordo, that's what really started him, wasn't it? Totally. It was the idea of a, you know Gordo's forum was kind of made him a big thing. And, you know, just look at, you know, I know we've got the Pirates on Runners World Triathlon Forum as well. And so I'm sure forums are still around. But I just remember back when I used to go to Try Talk in the past, you would literally get, you'd do a post on Monday and it'd be gone by Tuesday or Wednesday. Whereas now, front page, it's still holding Tuesday from last week. So, so I suppose the question is, if forums are a dying thing, is it just that people are now on Facebook and it's groups is the way we do it? Facebook and Twitter and yeah. on into that world, so... Yeah, it's just it was just it was just an interesting observation. But anyway, T Rex because that's where we really met T Rex originally was on Try Talk. So, but T Rex was on Facebook. <laughs> Funny you say that. He emailed me on Facebook and he was saying you did a website a few weeks ago. Now what was the website? It was called. Can't even remember. But he said it was absolute it was, crap. It was basically one that yeah. Uh, uh, some technology where you'd plug it into your computrainer and then you'd have a sort of an equalised different session. Say you you'd go and ride some ride in the Alps, and if I was riding next to a yeah. female who was a lot weaker than me, we'd both be riding at the same, say, percentage of our FTP um, when you're going along ballpark. And and admittedly at the time I did go, how do you even buy the thing? The website mm. did seem a bit Mickey Mouse. And then Andrew Kerr came along and said, Mickey Mouse, it's not even Pluto. <laughs> so what it is, is he's got this new website and it's called, and it's funny because in our interview with DC Rainmaker, he mentioned the website and you may have heard John laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's because as he mentioned it, I pulled up the website because it was kind of funny. So the website is called, John, you say it? trainerroad.com same sort of idea but you can use a whole variety of trainers as long as you have ant plus speed which for anyone with Garmin, Bontrager and Sunto gear is a given so I've now got ant plus so I'd be able to use this what, what is it called? ant plus it's a oh, I'm going to get this wrong but it's, I think it's like a communication between your computer and your um, watch or whatever Garmin device you've got now so I'd be able to do this I'd be able to use this program now I'd be able to set my laptop up in front of my trainer and yep. I'd, it would basically read off um, wirelessly read off my Garmin that I've got and then I'd be able to pick one of these workouts so it's basically a website that's got a whole bunch of workouts that can work off Ant Plus and uh, you can also then to start with it's just got a workout there that you buy them you know you might be so you buy a per workout do you um, Pricing you can, you can well. look into yeah. that but what you can also do there and this is where the other website was really good is it had, had the video footage so you can sort of superimpose say a video off like the sufferfest.com you can put that on there and they read each other and so again you can be sort of like in a bike race again oh, racing, ra- racing say uh, the Paris-Roubaix or something like that so it's just another tool that you guys can use on um, for indoor training and it's also as DC Rainmaker it's got this um, virtual power 
Um, so I can estimate your FTP and uh, even if you haven't got power and, and essentially you can be riding to an, an estimated power workout. So I haven't well, tried it out myself but the site looked pretty cool. Price, pricing looked a lot better than what we saw well, last Well, you pay $10 one. a month basically and it gives you heaps and heaps of different rides that you can do. One thing that I was watching on when I went and had a look at the website earlier on, they've got a bit of video on the front page you can check out and uh, you can actually... What's that buzzy noise coming from? You can actually... Um, Oh, sorry, buzzing noises annoy me. Um, you can actually put a video on and watch a video, and the graphics for this will actually sit down the bottom exactly. of the page, yeah. which is really good. So let's say you want to watch, I don't know, some movie just because you're going to be on the trainer for three or four hours. Mm. You can be watching the trainer, but you can also have the information coming on. So at the bottom of the movie, so it's not a distraction, it's not going to get in the way. Mm. And I know you can have windows on top of windows, but this looked like a better way of doing it. Yeah. But if you look at their workouts, they've got heaps of different workouts that you can choose from. So, And at $10 a month, you know, they're kind of saying that if you look at that in comparison to other products out there, it's a lot more reasonably priced. So... Trainerroad.com. Diplodocus says, as I say, truly excellent tech, not for one brand of trainer, but many, many, and seems like good guys too. And the other one was, I think, more specifically for CompuTrainer. John, what do you think? What do you think about all this technology? You know, if this week's show has a topic, it's kind of or a theme. It is that technology in our sport. What's your thoughts on where it's going? If it makes you go out there and train, go for it. If it makes you train uh, at a high level, go for it. But as I've said in the past, and this is sort of my argument around uh, training a lot with, with music players and stuff, if you don't have that resource available to you um, when you're out there racing, you need to have a bit of a think about how you're going to hand how you're going to handle that. So for for training during winter in a lot of places, I can't get outside. These sort of things are going to be great for motivation. Um, but if you always train this way and then when you go out there and you, you're going to do say a race like challenge wanaka where you know it's not a massive field and you're out there for you know six hours six to seven hours on the bike and it's you know a lot of the time you'll be solo but you're used to having music pumping in your ears or you're used to being sitting there on the trainer hammering you know if you're not simulating those race conditions um that's you know that's a really important part of training so everything in a bit of moderation but like we you know we had a big barefoot running phase for a while and that sort of seems to have gone out a bit and I certainly haven't gone off barefoot running but it's um what do you I, barefoot? I, I, I use it as a as more of a training tool so this is just another training tool but I wouldn't go out there and run barefoot 100% of the time it's just another another resource you got about foolish it would be John it'd be foolish well, some people do it I wouldn't call them foolish okay, you, not you, foolish you're calling them foolish no, I, was no, saying, no, I was just saying I was just, just interpreting a, what you were saying they're taking a different approach to training than mediator I would here. do Okay, then questions and answers. Okay, Frank McVie sent through and he's got tried limits, John. What is, what's he asking here? He, he's not asking anything. He's actually just giving us a little bit of a plug. He says, uh, check out the Try Limits web, web page on Facebook. The two guys are doing 10 iron distance events in 10 days straight. Anyone can join in for all the all of the event. Full 10, one day, relay, whatever. I didn't even check it out myself, but it sounds like they're doing I actually did, John, because I do my peas. Right, You're okay. thinking a hard time about peas, and now I think I've overtaken you. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, you tell us all about it then. Well, they're just doing a decker, really, but they're, just kind of like, they're trying to get other people involved with as many ways as possible, and yeah. You know, and I think they're doing it for a charity. Like, they just, just think about doing a decker. By yourself, no motivation to sort of uh, get your name in any result books or anything. Oh, well, 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 when you finish it, tell us and we'll give you some love on the show. There you go. And we'll make sure we get your result right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Ian Moore. McNaughton. McNaughton. That's a long way to spell McNaughton, isn't it? McNaughton, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's going, basically his question is, how do you work harder? He's got, when it gets hard and I tend to quit a bit. Last year I went and missed a tr- uh I went to on a mission to try and improve this. I managed to do 30, the Do you first want me to take this over? 
No. No? Are you giving me a hard time? Yeah. Well, after your joke last week, you gave me a hard time. It's gold. That joke was gold. We got feedback on that joke, John. Nobody said gold. Somebody said another joke. The jokes, people, they've got to have at least some triathlon relevance yeah, whatsoever. It that does, one. but it doesn't help our telling. Sorry? Our telling's poor. Uh, okay. It's a combination of everything. Pe- yeah, I think we have to abort joke of the week. No, I disagree. Well, of the 10 times we've done it in the, in the 300 shows we've done... They've all been from Mel James. They have to, haven't they? Maybe it's a joke. The joke source is But not they've good. all been poor, John, and either we, we sharpen up, or you guys send them sharpen better jokes, or, ship it or it's out. end. I'm going to read this perfectly. Okay. Pushing hard. When the going gets hard, I tend to quit a bit. Last year, I went on a mission to try and improve this. I managed my first 20-minute 5K fast for me. But when it came to my first Ironman, I struggled mentally, though there was energy left in the legs since I ran the last lap pretty well. It was my head that was given in. The same thing happened doing 120K ultra in the in the Italian and French Alps last summer. Oh, that's going to be a good run, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. My head gave up before my body did. What to do? Or what do you do or your listeners suggest to do to keep yourself pushing hard when the going gets tough? Um, I think the first thing to do is when, the, oh, that's a nice big belly you're, you're hanging oh, out Oh, I've got there. a sweaty belly button. <laughs> um, the first thing is I think um, that people need to do when they're doing iron distance races is uh, try to chill out a bit on the focus focus front. So when things are going well and you're, you're cruising along is to, to try to relax and save that mental energy for, for later in the day. And you will have heard Bevan and I heaps of times talking about breaking the race down into sort of small chunks. Yeah. Um, and that's that should be part of your pre-planning for the race as well as um, management during the event itself. So, you know, it's typically going to be certain sections of the ride once you get past halfway on the ride where you might um, potentially start to struggle and there'll be different um, places on the run where you'll start to struggle. So having some landmarks, some K marks, mile marks that you're really going to look forward to. Um, and on the run, it's pretty easy breaking it down into aid stations. So you're always breaking it down into little pieces, not thinking uh, too much about how far you've done or how far you've um, got to go, just thinking about you know the, the process of what you're doing at that time. Um, I had another really good thought then when I was going through that, and it's just... Can I, can I give my thoughts? You, you go for it. I think there's a few things we need to consider when we look at this. Is, is it, I think the first thing is is that we look at a race, and we look at where we are in a race. So if you think of an Ironman, we're, we're, we're nutritioned up, we're rested, we're ready to go, we're fit. And then for most of the race, we're actually feeling pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you get to pretty much kind of 30 to 20 k to go on the run, and fatigue and tension starts to increase. And I think what happens is there's a few things here is that Often people go into a race with one goal, and so if they don't get that one outcome, they give up instantly. Yep. And I was in, I was talking to someone um, with someone about this the other day, and and I, and I I think that what first of all you've got to go into a race with what's my A goal, what's my B goal, what's my C goal, mm-hmm. and then what's a bad day. So okay, I want to do my A goal is I want to do a nine hour Ironman. Okay, I want to get sub nine. My B goal would go okay. Well, my PB for me in my last race was nine nineteen. So my PB is to try. My B goal was to get under at nine ten. Mm-hmm. My C goal would beat my PB, and then anything over that is just a bad day at the office. And so what happens is because you find most people, you'll get to that point where you, you know, you, okay, and wrote my last mm-hmm. Ironman. I got to that point where I knew time-wise there was no way I was going to be able to pull off that sub nine. So what happens is I gave up. And the year before, I just gave up. Mm. And the year before, I gave up and I just kind of plotted home and I ended up doing about 9.20, I think. And I still could have got a better day that day. I still could have got a PB that day. And so the second year, the second year I did the boat, I got to nine, you know, I realised nine hours wasn't going to be there. I kind of plotted along for about, you know, okay, feeling sorry for myself. And I thought, no, no, I can still go for my B goal, which is, mm-hmm. you know, under 19. And so that way... 
I gave myself a focus that could keep me focused on where I'm going. And I think what happens for a lot of athletes, a lot of people out there, is that we get to a point where tension gets so hard or, or intensity gets so hard that we just stop. It's like we just we don't stop, but we you know just go way back. So if there's a t- if there's a scale of one to ten, and right now you're sitting on a scale of one to ten, you're on a nine. When you get to that point where it's really hard, you go, oh, I can't do this anymore. So you drop back to a five. Mm. So a better question to have in that moment is to go, okay, what's my B goal for today? So if you look at, if you are basing it on the goal, okay, well, if I can't do nine hours, what's my B goal? I can still get under nine ten. Okay, well, what level of intensity can I maintain to still achieve that? So you will drop back on intensity. So I no longer can sit on 9 out of 10. I just can't handle that for this period of time. But instead of dropping back to 5 out of 10, mm-hmm. can I sit on a 7.5 out of 10? And so that way you are slowing down, but you're trying to find the smallest amount that you can slow down in this period of time. And what that will do then is it's going to, if we think of lost time in the race, so if we go, okay, well, lost time in the race, if I go back to a 6 out of 10, I'm going to lose 20 minutes of, of mm. you know, my goal when it's going to be a bad day. Whereas if I can go back to a 7.5, I'll lose 5 minutes of my top goal, but I'm still going to have my best day out there. I'm still going to be pretty proud of my effort, and I'm still going to be able to run at a higher level. And so for me, one of the big things around intensity is that, first of all, have different markers that are going to be levels of success because you're not mm-hmm. going to have your goal day every day. Like how many races in your life have you had a blinder? I've said four. I think maybe three. Yeah, yeah. I could probably name four yeah. or five myself. So those are those are unique days. Most days are going to be, you know, a B goal is probably really realistic. So first of all, have different goals set in place around how you're going to race the race. And then B, once you get to that high-tension moment, instead of just going, okay, well, I can't do it anymore and go back to a 6 out of 10, go, what's the next small back and back step sorry what's the next step back in intensity that I can maintain at this moment in time and I think if that happens on the run it's sometimes you know it's hard to pull it back but if, if packing it in on the bike at some stage a lot of people will pack it in on the bike they'll be off the pace and they'll, they'll, they'll want to throw it in but so often you can have just terrible bike rides and come home with amazing runs so I think um, you've always just got to try to make the best of whatever situation you're in but I think one of the things that um, Ian was maybe getting at here is, is how to maintain that focus as well not necessarily when it's all going tits up but just keeping your concentration levels up and one thing that we've certainly talked about a little bit over the recent period is um, having some sort of um, stimulation during the the periods where you might be getting down a bit and caffeine is a great way to to work on that so typically you know on the bike ride you know uh, that, that stage where you start to just lose interest a bit in things you know about two-thirds of the way through the bike still got quite a long way to go and you still got the run after that having some sort of um, stimulant there that can just arra- um, raise your arra- arousal levels a bit um, can, can certainly help and as Bevan was sort of saying you know um, have going back to plan having a plan B if you're feeling a bit crappy and uh, and just working through those crappy periods and I think I've probably said this before when I'm on the run you know what I'm it's not really till the run that I really st- start to try to pull in the big levels of focus. There's, there's times on the bike where you, you do need to focus and, and if you're starting to lag off a bit, if your heart rate or your speed's starting to come down, then you've got to focus a bit more. But most of the time on the bike, trying to keep things pretty chilled. And then I've really got about, you know, say about four hours of deep focus that I can that I can handle. But if I was to go out there and try to focus for... 15 hours if I was doing a 15 hour Ironman incredibly difficult to do mm-hmm. so I think the main message would be relax when you um, when you can when things are going well um, 
set yourself a whole bunch of little chunk goals through the race and also have some disaster management plans like Bevan was talking about there in terms of assessing where you're at. What I do when I'm on the run, I'm basically going through a process of uh, thinking about my technique. You know, So if I, if I bro- broke down, say, a one-kilometre stretch in an Ironman run, at some stage during that 1K, I'd be thinking about my technique and making sure my posture's okay. I'd be ass- assessing where my nutrition's at in terms of what I've got to do um, nutritionally coming up um, and then I'd be just sort of checking maybe my heart rate or my pace or whatever tool I'm using to 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 assess how quickly I'm going and then I'll be trying to relax a little bit as well and then just going through that process pretty much K on K and whenever things are going well just relaxing and just going with the flow and then when they're going crappy then you sort of got to batten down the hatches and have a bit of a toolbox you go to. Uh, I think one other thing as well and this is something that's a real problem for most athletes is that when we get to that place where we start to want to give up it becomes about personality, it becomes about who am I and and I think that's a real dangerous place because then you're going to emotion and if you're in a, like if you're in a, if you're kind of physically dying and you go to the place, oh man, I suck because I can't push hard enough. Well, that's not going to make you have the best outcome that you can have today. And, you know, John often talks about process-driven thinking. And, and I think that, that, you know, the first thing to do before you even go to process is be aware of when you're going to an emotional place. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to, you know, guys are passing you, you know, you're feeling like crap, you know, you can often go to that place that, oh man, I just suck at this. And, you know, and then it's all, you know, and then your mind will justify all the reasons you suck. Yeah, you didn't put enough training in. Yeah, all this. Well, that's not going to get you the fastest result today. What will get you fastest result is to then shift your to yourself towards process-driven thinking. And so, um, you know, first of all, be aware of when you are going to emotional and then get back to a process. And I suppose just to kind of wrap it up is that this is stuff you should practice in training. Mm. You know, like as much as we've got to develop our physical and the way we train our bodies, we also should be practicing the processes that make yourself work well as an athlete. So when you are training and, and, and – it was interesting, I was talking to a guy about it the other day and he was saying, you know, like when he's out training with others, it's easy because there's that competitive aspect. And, and I think we all kind of recognise that and can see how that sits. But if we're thinking when you're doing your solo sessions, for a lot of people, that's why I always had so much respect for Bevan Doherty because he trains by himself all the time, doesn't he? A lot of the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the level he'd be able to train to by himself is going to be pretty phenomenal. Whereas most people are pretty poor by themselves. And so what you can do is, is develop thinking processes and skill around thinking that actually makes you train better by yourself. And then come race day, you'll actually learn, okay, I'm going to an emotional place. What's the process I've learned about how to be successful in this moment? And then you'll go back to that. And the more you can do that, the better chance you have at getting to that finish line as fast as possible. And so that's why you've got to get the balance. We talked about that website the week before, which I was just trying to find, that training, uh, trainerroad.com. You know, all those yeah. things are great training tools but you've got to simulate the conditions uh, of what you're going to get in race day. And same deal, I, I like reading, reading training logs of, uh, of athletes when they go out there and the weather's absolutely shit. It's windy and there's maybe a bit of rain out there and they just get out there and, and muscle up and, and get the business done. And Or, or if they're just feeling rubbish and they, 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 they maybe pack the towel in once or twice during the session, but then they come back and, and finish strong. That's the sort of thing that's going to uh, come back and help you a lot on race day. Got a couple of cookie emails I've just put in here. Tim uh, Heming. Not Tim Heming. No, not Tim Heming. No, he no. gave me. He, he said, look, boys, sharpen up. Gents, just listen to the latest podcast. Verdict on your ability to read our emails. Shambolic. Shambolic. In the nicest possible way. Just so my reputation is not like your joke of the week, completely in tatters. <laughs> there is not a half marathon in the Olympics. I yeah, I um, and he's got. He's actually sent through some pictures, one of him playing tennis. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other of him crushing Wimbledon in a, final or 
Yep, he, yeah. yep, but he didn't win the Wimbledon final. He never made it, did yeah. he? No, he made it to the final, didn't he? And it was a year. Who was the guy that came back and who was like a wild card? Even Novavich or whatever his name was? Oh, Goran Ivanisevic. Yeah, that was the year Heming yeah. was in the final. Yeah. And even Novavich was like a wild card. And he crushed him. And he came back and won the Wimbledon final. Yeah. yeah. Tim, and, not you, Tim, the other Tim. Mm. He would have been gutted. Two pitches of me are attached. One playing tennis, the other crushing a cross country marathon. The Steining Stinger on Sunday, probably not a course for the personal best. And he's just saying about the marathon, the reason they don't have a half in the Olympics is purely because they don't want to pull away the top athletes from the marathon. Mm. So, which is a pity in some ways, isn't it? Yeah, I got the the 10,000. Yeah, but you look at the half. The half is probably one of the most participated events in the world when Mm. it comes to running events. Doesn't mean it should be in the Olympics. Well, why not? Ah, Marathon, half, they got the marathon, they got the 10K, what are you going to have, the 30K next? 25 No, but the half's an iconic event. You no. can make up events. No. It's probably it's better than a team triathlon. No, no, the team triathlon. <laughs> How many people do a team triathlon? A lot. <laughs> have you a ever lot. done a team triathlon? I've See? done a, I've done a, uh, no, done you're talking We've got an email from Ross, and Ross wasn't too happy. Was it Wayne? No, Wayne. Wayne. I don't know what Wayne Ross. There you go. There you go. And he's got, um, Ross hey Wayne. guys, I thought oh, you were a bit easy on the I'm New Zealand organisers this week. And we had a bit of discussion around it. So I'm going to read you out what he said. Yeah. I read the email. Well, the people, yeah, the people the, listening you, can read, read you can read it for the people first of all let me say that they didn't have a suitable plan in place and, uh, but they did do an awesome job to put together a 70.3 but the fact remains that Taupo is subject to fickle weather uh, the first weekend of March and there should be a contingently plan which includes e- ensuring either enough volunteer medical or infrastructure support to race the race on either Sunday or Saturday the insurance to cover the extra costs for moving the day or cancelling it altogether competitors can prepare for the contingency plan as well uh, given that, that everyone can start on Monday anyway so and then I went back and I said oh that's a bit unfair because you know you can't really plan and he said well he came back at me and he said well I fully agree that they did their best in this situation but I don't think that's the point I don't think they have to make it a requirement that volunteers should leave two days open I think they could ask people if they're available on Saturday or Sunday or both uh, if they can be required, e.g. a contingency plan. As we understand things, it was mainly a lack of medical people that was the stumbling block. If they are given enough people warning and the option that they may um, be able to put together at the core group for a Sunday event, even if it was only 70% of the resources available on the Saturday, I know as an athlete I would be happy being a bit more self-sufficient to get a full race in. Interestingly, the number of races held on Sunday elsewhere. So, so your thoughts? Um... I don't know, from a race organised point of view, I, I don't know if it's practical or not to do it or not. Maybe it is. They've got a lot more money to play with than, I've, than what I've got with my race, that I, the races that I organise. Have you got five million? No, not five million. Four. So, I don't know. If there's an assurance you can get for it, maybe. I don't know. Haven't given a lot of thought, Bevan. Do you think that's a bad time of year? Because it has happened no. twice in the last five years. No. It's the end of the season. It's just an end of season race. It could be like that in January. It was wind, it wasn't that it was cold, if it was snowing, then I'd say yeah, but it was wind. So do you think they did did an okay job? Yep. Okay, well Wayne, there's John's view. Yep, Bevan, what's your view? Do you think they did an okay job? Yeah, I do too. I I think to expect a race organiser to have to plan for the next day as well is Mm. just a little bit unreasonable. Mm. You know, like, like, you know what, at the end of the day, it sucks that bad weather came along and this has happened twice in the last five years and I think maybe if it happens again and again, it may have to be something to look at, but... Traditionally, that it's been freakish, two freakish days that unfortunately happened on an Ironman day. But to plan another day in advance, and sure you can say, well, you just say to the people, can you be available on Sunday? But it's not as easy as that, you know. And there's so many things you have to change. And so I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit unreasonable on the race organizer to have to be able to suddenly go, oh no, we can do it the next day. So 
But so, that's my thoughts. I'll tell you what, the swim, apparently early in the morning on the Sunday, the swim was in danger of being cancelled as well. For the 70.3? Yeah. And it's, I, mean, I, might, I might do a bit more research on this, but it sounded like their, their, their backup plan if the swim was cancelled was, would, would not have been to my liking, but I might do a bit more research well, on yeah, that. Well, yeah, no effects before you talk. <laughs> talk. Um, Sponsor. Athlinks.com. Right, we've got a mission for everybody this week, Bevan. Okay, here we go. Everybody this week has got to go on Athlinks. Yes, you should all be registered on there, and we want to you to invite a friend on Athlinks. So oh. what you do is basically just go onto members, type in their name. If they're not on there, um, if they've done some events, probably a bunch of um, events with their name in will pop up, and then you can just, on the right-hand side, there's just a little thing, um, send them a, a message or something on the right-hand side, and then give them a bit of encouragement to sign up, lay down a bit of smack talk, and see if we can get a few more members on there. Nice. So it's, it's sharing Simple. the athletes' love is really what you're doing, isn't it? It is. So they can all keep their results in one place. And you know who you want to share with, John? And you have some more right rivals and more friends on there. You want to share it with the friends who you know you're going to dominate. Exactly. You know, just give them a little bit of, oh, you should go there, it's really great. And then when they've all signed up and you go, oh, look at our rival sheet. There you go. Whereas the mate who beat you all the time, keep them off athletes. Exactly. Yeah. So get on there. See if your friends are on there. If they're not, log in. On. Click on members tab. Put their name in. That's one thing that you know, you've got to remember about athletes. When you when you put it, if you're looking for a result um, of an event or you're looking for a search for a member, there's a little tab along the top. So if you're looking for a result, say you did the New York Marathon, type in New York Marathon, and you've got to make sure you've clicked the um, events one and then click go, and then it'll search for those things. Okay. Good times. Athlinks.com. So sponsors are? Athlinks.com. Um, tell a friend. Coffees of Hawaii. Um, what, was the, what was the name of the bean? Um, the, the Malulani Estate. Nice. It's got a hint of chocolate there. Hint of chocolate. And extreme endurance. Hotel legend. Okay, John, what's your goss? What is my goss? Trisuits. Um, if you want to get trisuit, get a trisuit. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. <laughs> get yourself trisuit. Um, no, seriously, Joe couldn't stop laughing. For like, she was, you know when you're crying with laughter? Yeah. She was in that place. I'm just going to leave it up there then. Yeah, I think you have changed it actually. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but maybe we should put it back. It's okay. another legend of the show. Yeah. Um, so, Bevan, what's happening in my world? Uh, I'm starting now to track all my training electronically through my training device. Oh, so you're gone, you're gone geeky. Yeah. Okay, it's, so it's let's, 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 let's do, you are definitely no DC Rainmaker. Because mm-hmm. in the, I've trained with John, not so much nowadays, but back yeah. in, for probably a good seven years over the, over the times. And, uh, you know, you used to get these gadgets. Oh, my God, I got the new Polar. Oh, my God, I got the new, what was the, what was the power device you got? Ergamo. Ergamo, I got the Ergamo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John, John was the use case I was talking about in the show. Guess the geeky stuff. Doesn't really use no, it that the, well. The Garmin is very easy to use. Because the Ergamo, how'd that go? Yeah, the company's, I think they're, I think they're on the way back now. Oh, they? But they, uh, they struggled a bit, yeah. But uh, the Garmin is it's, it's very nice. And the thing is, so I, I can go out now for a run. I haven't tested if it's swimming, and I've already got my Garmin 800 for the bike, so I'm a bit of a Garmin geek now, and they're not sponsoring me. Garmin, listen up. Yeah, well, I can um, do one of those running ones. Jeez, <laughs> and so now All I my runners just, love them. Yeah. All my runners have them. They love them. You just go out running and boom, come back. And I even bloody go near my computer and will start uploading without me even touching any buttons. Oh, really? And, uh, I wonder when we'll have those devices in our body. It'll happen. <laughs> Seriously, it'll happen. Like, like we got a cat. They chip the cat. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a little chip in there, and like probably the next fifteen years we'll have it in that body. Oh, this might be that thing that the DC Rainmail was talking about when you're tracking through races. A, if guys, if you really want to geek out, there's this guy called Ray Kurzweil. Now, Ray Kurzweil, um, oh, I love this stuff. Ray Kurzweil is like he, he predicts the future, and he and he, the idea of the singularity is where basically computers live in our bodies. And his argument is that if you look at computers, 30, 40 years ago, a computer was a room, mm. and it could do bugger all. Nowadays. 
so a computer doubles in speed every two years. So you can kind of calculate where things are going to go with computers. And he's done a lot of future predictions and he's done really well. Like he's the guy who invented the synthesizer and he did it when he was 12. So and he invented, I think, like the fax machine and, and like he's a genius. And he's saying that basically what's going to happen is that computers get faster every two years, but they also get smaller every two years. Mm-hmm. So there's going to come a point in time where the computer's going to, you're basically going to have computers in your body and you'll the feedback from the computer to you know, the rest of you is, is going to be basically become your body. In fact, there's a great documentary called The Transcendented Man, or the, I can't remember what it's called, but I'll put on a link to it on the website. It's really good. But anyway, yeah. I'm just saying it's going to be in your body in no time. Well, it's not It's not quite yet. And it's cool. So I just go out training, and now I can track exactly what I'm doing, and it'll just keep me on track a bit more, I think. You know, the other day I was just out running, it, well, I only run about three times, and just thought, you know, right, I'm just going to sit at 400Ks for, for an hour. So does that have the beep ability? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sit so, up, you so can how does sit that whatever work? you want. So oh, really? Can it fly? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, has it got the, the Star oh, Trek? Hold on, we should patent something. I, I was when I was biking up here. I thought, right, it's time to call the patent lawyers. Okay, what are we going to patent? I was, I was biking up the hill. Yep. And it's pain in the ass hill to get up here. Oh, tell me, I've got to do it every day. <laughs> and uh, I was up just in a little steep section. I saw some guy on a mountain bike on the side of the road, and there was a little uh, a uh, a scooter next yep. to him, a Brum Brum scooter, motorbike one, not a, not a full yep. powered one. And uh, the guys were hooking up the rope, tied the rope between the mountain bike and the scooter, and then they came zooming past oh, me at like 50k heart, an hour. It? it was a good invention. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's great. It's just, you know, it's just cool. it's an excellent training tool for keeping you on track. Much better than heart. Where's rate. the wires coming from? See that buzzing noise? Don't know, baby. Really oh, what's happening in your world? I haven't got anything exciting happening in my world. Um, what's happening in your world? Cat. Cat. Oh, John, I don't know what's happening with the buzzers. Where's it coming from? Zzz, don't know. Zzz, figured it out yet. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm sorry about the buzz, but we just about finish up, so I'm just going to make you put up for the last 20 seconds of the show. What's happening in my world? We've got a cat, Tabster. Yeah, he's going to give me hay fever. I'm going to start taking oh, do you get hay fever. fever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bugger. Mm. <laughs> you sneeze enough on the show as it is. <laughs> That's right. No, not much else, really. Um, if you're in Christchurch, I've got my running group starting soon. Tell yeah. them to spread the word. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, no. Nothing. No. Nothing. Cat. You know what's happened, John? What? I get no more love. You're not getting because any love in, are you? No, no, not even that, John. Because okay. Joe loves the cat. Okay. And we used to go to bed at night and we'd spend time together, connection time, cuddle, and yeah. you know maybe some other stuff. And yeah. you know, just, yeah. you, you can see the cat, can you? No. Uh, and it was really good. And I used to love my time with Joe. Last five nights we've had a cat. Oh. I don't exist anymore. I'm dead to her. Meow. Oh, yeah. It's the noise I make. I just go, meow. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, she'd let, she'd let it sleep in the bed if she could. Yeah. yeah. I had to put the, I'd say no because it meows and I can't get to sleep. But seriously, I'm, I'm, I've gone life. down to like third, third place citizen in the house now. Mm. It's tough. Oh, well, it's gold show this week. Gold standard. <laughs> gold standard. <for laughs> <laughs> that, that does go down as one of our best. Out of ten. Where does that buzz come from? Right, let's wrap it up. This buzz is annoying me. You remember the legends? Oh, we haven't got a legend. legend next legends show's coming out. We've already recorded it's three it. Weeks away. A couple it's of three weeks away. away. <laughs> listen to the last one. It's listen brilliant. to the last one. Iron Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Just about. Kia car. Right. Got my little bike now. Is it? Just tell Belinda I'm. Just going